Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and give you hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Today, my guest is Sharon Malone, and she was involved in a single car rollover accident on October 24th, 2012. She is a paraplegic. She fractured her neck in her C5, C6, her pelvic, and there's so much more. And she's in one piece, so to speak, with a lot of inspiration. I always say to people, you're one moment away from change and tragedy or trauma. And I have someone here that will explain all of that. Please help me welcome my guest today, Sharon Malone. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yes, I know it was a last minute and you gotta love that social media. People like to tag me now in people's posts when they see something that would be a story to share on here. So I'm like, I'll check it out. Um, especially when it's life-changing, that can help someone else. Because I think we're, we're naive to think that we're gonna always be this one way and not realize that something can change in an instant, right. whatever it is. And um, at any time I wanna share with you and, and mention that if I ask a question that may bring you back somewhere you don't want to answer, I'm totally okay with that because I know that trauma can be triggering and I don't want to do that. But I also um, am grateful for the fact that you're being vulnerable and open to be able to share your journey because you are here. And, and anyone knows in a rollover accident, there's always the possibility of death. Absolutely. So you were in a rollover auto accident in October. Can you tell me? It was a single car, so can you tell me where, where you were, what you were doing, or what happened to blow out? So I, I was on the uh, rollover, obviously on the 202 in Kyrene, mm -hmm. going to work, mm -hmm. and we still don't know what made me swerve, but I was in the far lane, and I swerved and hit the barrier in between the freeways, and I, I overcorrected. Mm -hmm and hit somebody in the slow lane. Mm. They spun, luckily nothing happened to them, just got a cut on their ear. But because I was in a SUV that um, are pretty much prone to rollovers, I rolled about four or five times, spun around and then smashed down. And um, that smash down is what they said is the, what broke my spine. I broke my spine in two places, my T5, which wasn't completely severed, but my T12 was. And then I fractured my pelvis, and I tore my ACL. I fractured my neck at the C5, C6 level, and I was underneath the dash with my legs sticking out the window. So every firefighter, every person on the scene of the accident did not think I was gonna make it. I was unconscious at the scene, but, um, I was apparently unconscious when I got to the hospital and I was freaking out about my kids. I had three little ones at home. I had, they were two, four, and seven mm -hmm. at the time of my injury. So I guess I must have been freaking about, about them. So they um, you know, put me in a medically induced coma for four days. So I'm going to assume with what you said, they were not in the vehicle at the time. So no, thank oh, goodness good. because they, the pictures of it, when I got to see later on, the car seats were smashed, and I had a booster seat in the third row, and that rolled out the back window, 
and so they would have rolled down the freeway so you know Sharon it's interesting people will think if they drive a bigger vehicle if something was to happen that they would be more protected versus a smaller car that you could be impacted quicker and that right. is not the case not, not the case yes but it did save your life still too but yes so I'm very thankful to be here and I'm thankful that the kids were not in the car I am too um, and so I spent I was in the ICU for 15 days um, I had certain multiple surgeries so obviously to repair the pelvis to repair the knee to fuse my spine um, and of course work on the neck and so yeah, I was in ICU for 15 days. And then I decided to rehab at that hospital at Scottsdale Osborne just because I had multiple injuries, multiple doctors. So I wanted to stay with the same people that I had been working with. Makes sense. So, which made sense. Um, St. Joe's is no more uh, specific to spinal cord injuries. Uh, but I, like I said, I wanted to stay with kind of the doctors I was with, so. So we hear a lot of injury, a lot of brokenness. Yes. That's on the physical. What yes. about the inside? When yes. you found out you weren't going to be able to do what you knew you were able to do prior to that. Yeah, the emotional roller coaster obviously is there. I didn't have really, the, a lot of the times you have that stages of grief, you know, just like a loss of, you know, anything. You have that loss of something that you once had. And um, I was in mom mode. I was like, I, that's all I would do is I would be thinking about how am I gonna be that mom um. that I was before? How am I gonna be able to do this? How am I gonna be able to cook and clean and you know, to put them to bed? And, and all those little things that you think of as, as a mom and that's what freaked me out the most. I'm like, what am I gonna do? And how am I gonna be that super mom? How am I gonna do you know, everything that I normally did mm -hmm. and so that's what you know and I knew even in the in the hospital that um, which my now uh, you know ex-husband I knew that he couldn't uh, you know handle I did everything beforehand so I knew it would be a really tough role for him to be able to take, take care on of you and, take, and the stuff and you were doing yes, yeah. and doing everything that I did yeah. um, so I would cry and they you know during you know my stay and that's when they would, you know, be wondering, do we need to see, you know, someone I'm like, no, it's just, I need, I need to figure out how to, how to be back to, to where I was. You had I now had, a different grievance because now you right. had something that you didn't want someone to have to figure out how you were going to do everything, but you also knew that, right. that possibly was going to be an even bigger burden. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to put that burden on anybody else. It, mm -hmm. it did not. I was very, very independent beforehand. So... It was very tough to transition into something that I would have to ask for help. So everyone in the hospital would ask me, like, who's going to do this for you? Who's going to do that for you? And I did not want anyone doing it. I said, you're going to teach me how to do it because I don't want anybody else to do the, these kinds of things. These are not something you, you know, it's, you know, it's intimate things. And you're just like, no. Nope, don't want anybody else to do anything like that. So what part of your, um, what, are, what is your capacity right now as so far as? So yeah, so it's the chest down. So it's paralysis from the chest down. I do have some sensation. Um, so like if, you know, touch and things like the hot and cold, I can still feel it's kind of zings. Oh. Um, so that returned, um, which was a good thing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, still no mobility. Still, and there's no, still no movement. So, so I, tell me about 
the road to recovery. So, like I said, I spent, you know, this all together, I spent seven months in the, between inpatient and then out, um, the skilled nurse. I had to go to a skilled nursing because I developed frozen shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, I was the youngest, of course, the youngest patient there. Wow. Um, but it was two different styles of, you know, rehab. One was very more aggressive and the other was, you know, like, oh, can you give me one more? You know, <laughs> that sweetness. I'm like, can I have to? Because, you know, you asked me so nicely. But so, but yeah, no, I, then I had to build the upper body strength. And that was, I was in there at the skilled nursing from the time they let me go in and, and spend time till the time that they left. I'd be working out and doing all the things that I could possibly do to be able to get back to you know, getting all the strength that I possibly could so I could make it when I left the hospital. But that was the anxiety of going home and not having a call button to just press to ask somebody for help was what freaked me out the most. So you talked about the physical part. It, there came to a point where you realized that this was all that you were able to, to do. Right. So there was a lot of things I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to do that. It was all those never, never, nevers. And then I started watching videos and YouTubes and I would see other people that would be doing stuff. And I'm like, maybe someday, okay, it's possible to do it. Mm -hmm. So that was my goal. And first, of course, you know, getting home, it was just trying to live day to day. Every, every day was different and trying a new challenge to, to overcome just to be able to function um, and be able to take care of those kids. And I'm very glad that some of my you know, therapists would put those little cones out there to like top, bend down and grab where I told them like, yeah, nope, that's not happening. I'm not bending. Nope. But thankfully, I, you know, they did do that because you have those little Legos, those little cars, those little pieces of toys um, that they have the scattered, small. the small things that you don't think of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, but at once, what, it, what took me maybe five minutes to, you know, clean the rooms, it would take hours to clean the rooms, but to bend and pick up all the time. And then for them to adapt, you know, to that as well, where I'd have to ask them to, hey, you got to pick this up because I can't, I, you know, I can yeah. do it. So um, it was a, di a different, you know, transition, but they had to adapt. And so that's what's nice about parenting. And I always said mm -hmm. that, you know, is parenting, you, it doesn't come with a handbook. Mm -mm. Whether you're able-bodied or not, mm -mm. Um, you just got to figure it out. And so the kids adapted to me. And so we made it work. It, they didn't see anything different. They didn't know any different because, you know, this is a new experience for them just as much as it's a new experience for me. And I like the fact that you said adaptive. There are people who are out there who have the ability, like myself, to do things. Right. And, and to hear them say, ah, I can't do that. Yeah. And yet I sit with many people, you're one of them, right. that you're like, no, I'm going to have to figure this out. Yes. And I like that you said that. It's not a matter of I can't do it, it's yes. a matter of I have to do it. Yes, this. so now that is definitely, that was a, a, a bad word in our house was, I can't. can't. <laughs> My and kids like, know that one uh, too. No, 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 if I can do this, <laughs> yes. you can do anything. Now, whether you want to do that mm -hmm. or, you know, you can change that little wording there. But. So we talked about the different, the journey of the physical rehab, mm -hmm. but there's a mental health part too. Mm -hmm. 
How did you get through that? I'm sure there's a time where you got frustrated, depression. Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? How am I going to get through this? Because now this is your new norm for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it was a very tough. It was a very tough transition. I wasn't as depressed as most usually are because I had a focus. I had I had to be a mom. I had to be able to figure those things out. So I didn't have as much time as, you know, to, which is in a way a good thing, don't get me wrong, I was very motivated. Mm -hmm. So I was just trying to find how do I make myself more independent to be able to do the things that I needed to do Mm -hmm. as a mom. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a, that, that was one of the good things. I mean, some of the things that did trigger, then I did start getting out in the community and um, that really brought me back to, okay, I can do this. Because I saw other people doing things that I didn't even think would have been possible. Mm-hmm. And so I always encourage people you know, to get out and do start doing things because there's so many things. There's nothing you can't do. I just gotta do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've done you know, adaptive sport, you know, sports. I've done the water skiing and jet skiing. And, you know, um, I've done, you know, skydiving, the scuba diving. I've interviewed some of these organizations that you're talking about that give the ability, having a different ability is what I've been told. And I love that that there are people out there that are willing to do that so that someone else can still enjoy life. Yeah, Ability360 is such a great... I have to go down there. We talked about that on the phone, which is another thing we talked on the phone too is you drive. I do. So tell us more about how you were able to drive because yeah. I actually physically have not seen anyone get out of a vehicle that drives. I see the you know the ramps, but I don't ever know if that's a person that's in the vehicle or if it's someone else that's a, I don't know. So tell me yes. more. How are I you mean, able to everybody, drive? Everybody's intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so 10 months post injury, I started taking driving lessons mm-hmm. with a company that's called Driving to Independence. Mm-hmm and they do evaluations of people to see if their cognitively ability, you know, abilities and their physical abilities mm-hmm. to be able to drive again. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily I was one good candidate and so I took 10 lessons mm-hmm. and then I was able to drive. Wow. So it's what it, they do is they have hand controls. Mm-hmm. Everything, there's hand controls that go towards the brake um, and the accelerator. So that's kind of like a rod that goes to each one. Mm-hmm. And so it's down to accelerate. That goes into the, you know, obviously the accelerator and then forward to brake. So that's attached to the brake. So it's just using your hands in order to, but there are many different versions. There are people who are quadriplegics, you know, who that have dexterity issues. They're hand controls might be a little bit different than mine so that they can grip it. I've seen tetraplegics even driving with their mouths. You name it, it's wow. possible. Now I am naive because uh, I didn't yes. realize it that. It is amazing that how many, you know, um, how many ways people can drive. And um, so yes, I, I do, and you can do, you know, cars or you can do, I ended up doing a, um, a minivan, which I never said I was never going to be a that soccer mom. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get a minivan, but there, here I was, yeah, with a minivan. Mm-hmm. So, but that's okay. So, I, you know, I, I got a Toyota Sienna, and I had to really measure it because I had two car seats and a booster seat still. So I had to have three that would fit in there. So any car I test-drived, I had to put all three of them in there wow. in order to make sure that it fit for our, you know, our family. 
but after the 10 lessons, yep, I got a driver's license and I was good to go. I just did not, I hated the feeling of somebody else taking care of my kids or taking my kids places. That just was like a dagger into my heart. Mm. I'm like, no, I, I am their mom. I, that's my responsibility, that's my job. And then of course they'd have field trips and you know things at school plays and you name it at school. I'm like, I wanna be there for that. That's, I felt like that was my purpose. That even though, cause I worked all the time. And so I, you know, I would come home, you know, just cook dinner and, you know, clean up and then it's bath bed, you know, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So now I got to spend more time with my kids mm -hmm. and I actually got to raise them instead of somebody else raising my kids. So I thought that was kind of like a blessing in disguise that I got to actually be a part of every single thing that they did. Well, and here I'm listening to you talk about how you already, you already spoke about what you don't have the ability of, and mm -hmm. now you've got three small ones mm -hmm. all in car seats. Mm -hmm. Was there a point of frustration when you were used to, and I'm visualizing this because I am an abled body to be mm -hmm. able to move and pivot and all of that. Now you've got another, um, I don't know how the word is, uh, you have a different ability to be able to do the same thing an abled body would do. Right. Was there a point where you were frustrated? Because now you have car seats and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, because you're going sideways yeah. to try and clip those belts. Mm -hmm. And you know, so they kind of learned themselves mm -hmm. how to um, you know, buckle themselves up. Of course, yes, my seven-year-old, you know, he was able to you know, strap himself. Um, what is your biggest struggle, if you've had any at all? Ooh. Um, I don't really see myself s struggling too much. At first? You know, at first, um, when I was first injured, it was, you know, trying to roll over, trying to, you know, pick, thing pick things up, um, definitely cleaning, that was horrible. Um, I was not good at that. <laughs> cooking, yep, yeah, nope, didn't like it beforehand, don't get me wrong, so <laughs> I um, didn't like yeah. cooking beforehand, but to, to do that, then, you know, and do dishes, I'd have to do it sideways. Mm -hmm. It's very frustrating. My refrigerator, I have an island, so I'd have to go in, you know, one way to get to the refrigerator, and I have to go all the way around to the island to get to the freezer, you know, and that's still frustrating to this day that I, you know, it's not as, I'd love to be able to just take that out and you know, have that just space to go in. Um, but I've made things more because even stove, I had to, the, the knobs were in the back. So trying to reach oh, over, wow. try not to burn yourself, but do it at the same time, you know, same time. All the time. things that we take for granted. The, the things that you take for granted. Yeah. I just, you learn those little things that you just take for granted. Um, and you don't think about them, how low something is or how high something or how something. I like, so, I mean, I don't have the balance. So to hold a plate or even to put things in the oven, and I'm doing it with one hand. I mean, mm -hmm. I've got a good upper body strength, but I'm doing it with one hand instead of being able to take it out with two. And, and, and so I'm trying not to burn myself. <laughs> now you were referred to me again, it was a tagging on social media for some sort of, um, Mobile, mobile um, chair, or what, what is it? Yeah, so it's called Tech RMD. Okay. And I first followed it when I was first injured. Does, um, it's a standing device that helps, it, and it remotely can come to you. You strap yourself into it and it raises you up. So it's kind of like a standing frame, except it's motorized. So I can literally just move through the house standing up. Wow. 
and be able to get to those dishes, get to that microwave, or be able to do those dishes, or you know, make those beds, which I still can't, to, you know, like get over to the other side and mm -hmm. and, and get that in. Um, so just the little things. And now it has even an outside version where you can go over grass. And because I had kids that were all in sports, they were in soccer, volleyball, you know, everything. And so to be able to go over those things, and what's most important to me, and I still to this day, that was the thing that was even in the hospital, I'm thinking of future, I want to be able to walk my kids down the aisle, mm -hmm. you know, someday. Mm -hmm. And that was my goal. When I was trying to, you know, walk, that was my goal. But now if I had a standing device that I could literally walk them down the aisle um, someday, and my son's graduating, he's a senior, so it'd be, you know, great to be able to go down graduation and be upright for photographs or upright for, you know, instead of them bending down to me, mm -hmm. I can actually be at their level, even though now all my kids are, even my two girls that are 12 and 14, taller. they're taller than me, even as I am as an able-bodied, I'm 5'3", you know, but they're 5'4 already, so I'm like, I'll still be looking up at them, but at least, you know, at least You've given me so many different things to look at, uh, being an able body, and as I mentioned in the very beginning, at any time, anything can change in our lives. Yeah. Nobody's excluded from anything, no. ever. Um, and I'm thinking all the different things that you're talking about as far as like standing, I don't think about it. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to sit down. But you're yeah. sitting down going, I just want to stand up. up. Right. Um, or you're talking about the um, inconveniences of having an island in the kitchen or having to twist a certain way um, to get somewhere or to be able to do something. And I think to myself, you know, we really don't have any right to complain about anything in our lives. Right. And that's kind of how I get through things too, mm -hmm. is that when I have my moments that I break down, I just think of all the people that I do mentor, because I do peer mentoring okay. um, for both Ability360, Arizona Spinal Cord Association, and the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. So they will ask me questions all the time. They're telling me I'm depressed or this or that, um, and they don't have the ability to do this. I'm, I have accidents, and I think, oh, Sharon, just shut up, something, you know. You've got it just fine. Some there's always going to be that person that that has things worse off than you do, mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to teach them to let's just tackle the little things one at a time. What mm -hmm. makes you a little bit more independent? Because mm -hmm. every little thing that makes you more you know independent mm -hmm. makes you so much happier. So it gets you out of that mm -hmm. depressive mm -hmm. state. So I said, get out in the community, do all those things that you want to do. Because I, like I said, there's nothing you can't do. You just got to do it in a different way. So what's the mentoring part? Be specific on that. Because you you just listed three different um, organizations. organizations that you're with. And you yes. said the Christopher and... Dana Reed Foundation. Dana Reed. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So like Christopher Superman. Reed. Superman, yes. Okay. So that had to be the super mom. Oh, so, yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, Superman. So um, they do have a peer mentoring that's nationwide. And so they usually pair me up and it's now, you know, I usually talk to moms mm -hmm. and that's what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. I needed somebody that was a mom. I had somebody that was a male that came in that was a mentor. I'm like, you can't relate. You know, I'm so like, I I, you know, I need, so I try and you know, match up and that's what they do. They'll match people up with me and say, hey, you'd be a great fit to talk with this person. And they've got some questions. They would, you know, love to talk to somebody. And so then I just start communicating with them. And um, so, yeah, I've had moms that, you know. That What's the youngest age that you've actually had to mentor? 
Um, probably in the 20s, yeah. I go anywhere from the 20s and, uh, you know, to um, even 50 and, and 60. So it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really matter. And sometimes, you know, they are more comfortable talking to, a, even a male's more comfortable talking to a female, mm -hmm. which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. We're trying to, what are you comfortable with? What are the issues that you have? Mm -hmm. And then what level of injury so you can kind of relate. Mm -hmm. And, but if there's, I have so many friends that I can say, oh yes, I, I, I know who would be perfect for, per perfect for you, so. And I don't know if this is really the right question to ask before I ask my final question is, is there a success story that you have had or multiple when someone comes in having a new injury and thinking they can't do all these things because their mind was set in a way that was previous to an injury that has now changed them physically. Do you have any success stories where someone came in with this negative attitude and now have something that says thank you? I mean, I would think that being a mentor, that's what you're there is to help them figure out how to get to a point where they don't have to be stuck in the feeling that they have no ability to do anything. Yes, uh, so I had one mom that had three kids. They're uh, pretty similar to the ages that my kids were. Uh, she didn't know anything about uh, driving. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I talked to her about dri and driving and now she does drive. She's now starting to travel. She never thought that was possible. I'm like, I've been to Disneyland, I've been to SeaWorld, <laughs> I've been to Universal Studios, I've been to all the theme parks. I've been to Vegas, I've been, you know, I've taken them, ev you know, I take them everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, just got back from Cabo um, nice. with my son. I've gone scuba diving in Cozumel. So I, I'm like, no, 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 you, you can do it. You can travel. Here's some things, here's some tricks, here's some tips, you know, that make it help, you know, make it more successful, more or less, you know, anxiety. And she's gone to Cubs game, baseball games, and, and she's starting to, she's planned this trip to California. She lives in New Jersey. Nice. Um, so she's planning to go to Disneyland with her kids, with her boys for her 50th birthday. So she's like, because of you, mm -hmm. I've been able to do, you know, nice. I, I've been able to know that it's possible. Right. And so that's, that's the dream of, of, of mentoring. I have to say, and the whole time you're saying this, my kids, my son is, is 28, um, and I always, kids always like to say, I can't. And I always <laughs> said, can't isn't an option until you've tried. Exactly. And here you have gone through every different thing, yes. ages, the types of injuries, whatever the, the thing is, and you're like, no. Yeah. It goes back to what I said, can't isn't an option yep. until you've tried. And then you yeah. can't even say I can't because now you've tried. Right. And that's what I wanted to teach my kids. Like, I don't care if you don't like something, yeah. you know, but as long as you try it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they've had to do a little bit more mm -hmm. than most kids have had to do. Mm -hmm. Like I will, they've had to go into the Panda Express and, you know, get the food and bring it yeah. back. You know, mm -hmm. all those things that I was super shy when I was young to like, no, I don't want to do that yeah. by myself. Yeah. No, they're getting more confident in the, you know, as a, as a personality, mm -hmm. they're also more compassionate. Mm -hmm. So they understand that this is a little bit more difficult, you know, so they will, you know, just approach it in such a different way. So I want to help you a little bit. And then I mean, I will ask my final question is I know that there's a contest to yes. get this. What was it? The Yes, the Tech RMD. So what is it that needs to be done or qualify you to be able to win this? So they do look for votes, of course, the, the people who do votes, which would be great. 
uh, for as many people that can vote as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and they read my story and then they just have to like it. It's on Matea, um, M-A-T-I-A, mobility.com. And they'll see the contest and going into the contest section, there's tons of people that have different stories that want to win this mm -hmm. in a device. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm hoping that I'm, you know, be able to this is my second time trying for this device. Mm -hmm. And I read some of the stories, I'm like, oh, they deserve it as well, oh. you know. Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody deserves it. And, um, but yes, it would, it would be, you know, life-changing to be able to... Um, be upright. Be upright yeah. and okay. start all those processes of, you know, just being more healthy and, mm -hmm. you know, that's that weight-bearing as you get the osteoporosis as you get older. Mm -hmm course the more I can be standing then of course the more less likely my, my bones are going to be uh, uh, strong you brittle, know as strong yeah. and be brittle we will make sure that we put that information out there and then I will when I post I always like to post the behind the scenes pictures that come out <laughs> two weeks before the actual recording does so I'll make sure I put that information out there and hope that you oh, get that ability you so much. To, absolutely I'm all about trying to help I think that's mm -hmm. what this is I think that's the purpose of life part of it anyways and to yes. learn some lessons too. yes to give back to give back um, so I do have a final question and if this was the only question that I could ask to think that I would know an individual by just their answer on this one question it would be what message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of life I'm going to say that it is always going to be, well, two things. One, live for today because tomorrow's never promised. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I, I'm so thankful that I've done all these things that I can say that I did this, mm -hmm. you know, and it inspires other people to be able to do think that it's possible. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I, I never thought that this would happen to me. So we have to always pay attention to that. So yes, definitely live for today and, and tomorrow's never promised. And of course, like we've, we've said multiple times is there's nothing you can't do. Mm -hmm. You just got to do it in a different way. That's so right. there is, everything is adaptable. Mm -hmm. This is just a way I get around. Mm -hmm. um, this is just an, an extension of my legs. Mm -hmm. So that I'm not, you know, there's nothing dis, you know, is it able, you know, when you say disabled, it's all about that able. I'm mm -hmm. able to do just about different. anything. You know, I mm -hmm. just got to do it mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I like your answer. Um, there's so much to be pulled out of all of what you just said. And um, I appreciate that very much. Yes, thank you so much. I am so grateful to be able to sit here as often as I do to interview people that keeps me grounded. Yes. And even though I have my own story, I'll say I, I know how to deal with my story. I know how to live with my story. Right. So I don't ever tell anyone, I can't imagine. Right. Because I don't want to. Right. I only have to deal with my own. But I have also learned that people say that because they don't know what they would do until they would have to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people I, I, that I encounter, are like, I don't know what I would have done if that had happened to me. Mm, and, you, you know, hopefully they never have to find yeah. out. But it is, you've got to have that in it. You have to have that in you as well mm -hmm. um, to be able to overcome, you know, to overcome mm -hmm. and have, and I had, so I've had very supportive parents okay. and they have the ones that have taught me that independence. So they are my inspiration as well, that mm -hmm. they've, they've taught me well. And then that's what I hope that I have taught my kids. 
so that you know if there's an obstacle in their life that they can overcome it because mm -hmm. they know mm -hmm. if I've overcome what I've overcome then they can overcome what the, you know what obstacles come into their lives. I think that goes with that saying that you don't realize how you don't know how strong you are until strong is all that you have. Yes. Yeah, it makes That's sense. That's a great now, one. It? Thank you again for being my guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Such a short notice and not knowing each other. I love the best part of people coming in here saying, I'll come into studio. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. If you have a story that you want to share that would help someone else along their journey, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, you can also email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care. <music>